Hey there, Disky Chicks fans. Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a special opportunity for you to become the DISC expert in your organization. Would you like to deliver DISC debriefs with ease, facilitate coaching sessions and teaming sessions with confidence, and elevate your stature as the go-to person for all things DISC? Join us for our live advanced DISC certification training coming up in early January 2022. This is a live small group class delivered in four two-hour sessions during the first two weeks of January. Please go to DiskyChicks.com for more information. And don't wait because the December 17th registration deadline is coming up quickly. Oh, and one more thing, since you're a Disky Chicks podcast listener, enter the promotion code DCP123 to get $150 off the registration fee as a thank you from us to you. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Disky Chicks podcast. For business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Hi, I'm Cindy Jacoby, Chief Engagement Officer for BizHelp Consulting. I work with companies and teams to improve their effectiveness by improving their hiring and their communication skills. I use DISC to help teams better understand each other and how to work better together and how to choose the right candidate for the job. I also offer certification classes so anyone can comfortably deliver and debrief the DISC assessment to their employees or clients. And by the way, in DISC language, I'm a high influencer and low compliant meaning I like to talk and influence, and I'm not great with rules or details. Martha, how about you? Hey, I'm Martha Fourline, CEO of Belief System Institute, and I'm very much like Cindy. I'm also a high influencer with a very, very low C or compliant, not good with details and not good with following a lot of rules. I also have a high dominant, which we'll be talking more about in the show. I work with courageous entrepreneurs as a consultant and coach to improve leadership skills that then improve business performance. I've had a fascination with human behavior since I was a kid, and I was blessed with 28 years in the corporate world where I was an HR and communications executive. Trust me, being in the people business that long, I've seen and heard it all. And then I started my own business in 2007, focusing on my passion, helping entrepreneurs to be all they want to be to grow their businesses. Together, Cindy and I are the Disky Chicks. We are here to inform, support, and have some fun with you as we talk about the Disk Behaviors Assessment. Some of you may know about the DISC assessment. DISC measures behaviors or communication style, things we can see when we observe a person closely. What do the letters stand for? D stands for dominance, 
someone who moves quickly, they're direct to their communication and they're all business. And I is an influencer, someone who also moves quickly, but is more people focused, outgoing and often humorous. S stands for steadiness. They're slower paced introvert who are people focused, reliable, and yes, steady. And the C stands for compliant. The C's move at a slower pace and they are our data-driven perfectionists who love to know and follow the rules. DISC is the simplest tool to understand but goes very deep and very wide and that's why we have lots to talk about. Welcome to our podcast. People are not your most important asset. The right people are. Jim Collins. You scare me there for a minute, Martha. Why is that? Well, you said people weren't the most important asset. And I was like, what has happened to you? What happened to my partner? <laughs> but I love that. I mean, I love the fact that he's saying the right people are. Uh, and welcome. Welcome to episode eight of season two. And yes, we are going to be talking about hiring again today. It's been a theme, right, Cindy? It has. And I think your quote really points out to all of us have made bad hires or just tried to get a body in place, but um, we're working with you guys to try to get the right person in the right seat, which is, I think, another Jim Collins quote. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So last podcast, we did talk to you more about the benchmarking process in terms of you know, developing a job profile using the benchmarking process and then having the candidates that you have selected to take a DISC behaviors and driving forces assessment. And we compare, then compare that assessment with the job report. And last week, we did talk about the outcome of that, which is a gap report. And that's exactly what it is. It shows where the candidate is within the job benchmarking profile and when they are outside of the job benchmarking profile. And this is really, really important information to be able to utilize with whomever is involved in the interviewing process from our perspective. But today, what we're going to do is talk about that job report. And by the way, we do have four reports out on our website, diskychicks.com. And we also have a candidate that actually took the behaviors and driving forces assessment uh, as a candidate and then a subsequent gap report for you to look at. But what we want to really spend time on today is some vital information that is in the actual job report that is a huge advantage for you or whomever is hiring and doing the interviewing process. Cindy, do you want to add to that? Yeah. What, what I love about these samples that we posted, that it's all tells the same story. So it's this candidate applying for this job and it's a sales job. And we get to see how Samuel Sample does versus the the job. And we get to see his gap report and where he hits and where there's a miss. So when 
we look at the actual job profile that was that perfect robot uh, report that came from the benchmarking session we know exactly what we're looking for and what we want to talk about today is some of the little uh, extra goodies that are in that report and one of those is the uh, interview questions you know we right. and Martha's going to talk about the behaviors side of that this is a two science assessment disc behaviors and then the driving forces is the motivator so we're going to look at what we said we wanted in this job report and what interview questions would help us um, find out if this person really is aligned or not and then I will also talk about the driving forces part so I guess we're assuming now Martha that we have not seen the gap report right because we're still in the interview process we Correct. have the job benchmark down and now we want to be able to start asking our candidates questions that help us point if this is somebody who we want to eventually give the talent insights to right right okay. so I'll start with the behaviors how about that yeah and if you and have a sample of this pull it up and follow along you can see exactly yes. what we're talking about Okay, so I'm going to go over the behaviors portion of this report, and it is on page 18 for those of you that pull that off of our website. And since this is a sales job, a sales role, then this is a very dynamic profile. It is so dynamic, I am really surprised. Um, we have a, uh, a profile that's built around certain behaviors that we needed for this candidate. And it's competitive, urge, high urgency, liking frequent change and interaction. So where this profile ended up on the D, on the dominant, they are at a range of 94 to 100, which is very high. And then for the I, they are at a range of 78 to 86, which is also very high. So we're looking for that DI on the high end of the, the disc graph. And then for the remainder of it, there is a very low compliant this salesperson is not going to have to be doing a lot of detailed work. And also their steady is also low. So the compliant has a numeric value of 10. And that is on the low part of the scale. And the steady is at 18. So let me go to the behavioral questions that are a part of the assessment, which again are very, very helpful for anybody screening and in the actual interview itself. In looking for somebody competitive, here is one of the questions. How demanding are you of yourself and others? Do you think you're sometimes too demanding? Give me an example of a job situation where being demanding helped achieve the goal. So this is a salesperson that's going in there to win. So that's why they're looking for this competitive attribute. The second one is urgency. And this is really being able to meet their goals and to meet deadlines and be decisive when they're interacting with their, their clients or prospects. So here are some questions that can be asked 
around urgency. When you're faced with a deadline, how do you respond? And then another one is give me an example of a time when you didn't have all the facts and you proceeded anyway. So this attribute of urgency means you still keep moving toward that yes when you are working with a prospect. Frequent change is the first, the third item that we're looking for and their ability to adapt to frequent change. So a question would be, when you are forced to change priorities or direction, how do you respond? Do they like it or do they dislike it? That's what you're trying to find out. And then the last one is interaction. Obviously, they have to interact positively with their prospects and with the clients that they close. So here is a question around people interaction. How do you handle frequent interruptions by other people? And how about your response to people who ask you question after question? So are they gonna be patient in that setting, especially with a prospect, especially if it's a high compliant prospect who does ask a lot of questions? These are tremendously value behavioral questions that you get when you create your job report. So Cindy, I'll pass it over to you for the driving forces. We've mentioned the driving forces. That's the other assessment that we use often in conjunction with DISC. The driving forces are why you do what you do, what motivates you into action. And the whole goal of job benchmarking is to find somebody who naturally fits what this job is asking for. Uh, we're looking for intrinsic motivation. And so if they can do this in their job, then they, they go home happy. They were able to do this. And the sample job profile that we have, the top four of the 12 driving forces, the top four for this position of sales was commanding, intentional, selfless, and objective. So those are the top four with commanding being number one. The job report gives you some interviewing questions to try to feel out how commanding a person is. Do they like to be in charge? Are they driven by status and recognition and control over their personal freedom? So a sample question um, if you're looking for commanding is, what role does being in control of a situation play in your job satisfaction? How important is it for you to control your work environment? And based on what the person says to that, you'll get a feel for whether they're on the commanding side of that spectrum or more um, collaborative. Another one is how important is advancing your position? Um, some people just want to go to work and they're happy and compliant where they are and or, or complacent where they are and they don't want to move ahead. But we're looking for somebody for this position who is, is more driving in that. So those are a couple of questions to see if they fall on the commanding side of driving forces. The second driving force is intentional. And this is the opposite of altruistics, if you'll recall. So intentional means that these people are driven to assist others for a specific purpose, not just to be supportive. A question you might ask is, there's such a thing as too much customer service and why? Well, if you had somebody who's very altruistic, they would say, no, you can't ever do enough for the customer. And that might not always be true, especially in the position that we're hiring for in this 
um, fictitious circumstance. Another intentional question is, you know, tell me how you would handle an account or a client who has continuous issues with your product, yet shows no promise of future business. So this is one of those clients that sometimes you want to fire a client and it might actually be better for your business. That would be really hard for an altruistic person to do, but not so much for an intentional person. They need to be able to have strategic relationships that are going to help the client and the business all at the same time. And that's why someone might be looking for someone who's intentional about how they spend their time. And the next driving force falls under the category of selfless versus resourceful. And so somebody who is selfless means people who are driven by completing a task for the sake of completion with little expectation of personal return. Now, this is really tricky because oftentimes we'll see in a sales role, we'll want somebody who's resourceful, who's trying to see as much money as they can make based on the investment of time. But why you can still be selfless in a sales role is that you got to spend the time doing the things that have to be done in order to put yourself in a better position of sales. So some of the questions may be, you know, what do you consider to be more important, completing a task or maximizing the resources involved in the process? And give an example of when you did this. So sometimes on a sales call, you've got to call 50 different prospects in order to get 10 to answer the phone, in order to get three meetings. And somebody who's super resourceful may not want to put that time into what it takes to make the sale. They may give up too easy and move on to something that's they'll get a quicker return. And the fourth driving force that this example says is important is objective. And the opposite of objective on our spectrum is harmonious. Peace, love, beauty, everybody gets along. Objective are people who are driven by the functionality and objectivity of their surroundings. So meaning they are able to work in a chaotic environment. So a question if you're looking for somebody who might be objective is, how would you rank the importance of functionality and the opportunity to be objective? Um, maybe how do you utilize your unique objective side? And sometimes that's a little harder to understand, but they're more about functionality than they are about how, how pretty something is. So uh, one of the examples that I always use or question is describe an experience where you worked in a chaotic environment and what was the impact on your performance. Sometimes we all have to work in chaotic environments, but if you thrive in that and you get jazzed for doing that, that shows that you're an objective person instead of harmonious is where I had to do it, but I hated it. I couldn't wait to decompress and relax and have a glass of wine by the fire. So those are some examples of interview questions that come straight out of the job report that you get when you do a job benchmarking. Right. What, what are your thoughts, Martha, on that? Yeah, that, those were great examples. And the value of giving these candidates scenarios to respond to that are ticked and tied back to the desired behaviors 
and the desired motivators is just very powerful. And remember, you're really taking that funnel of candidates when they first came in and you've whittled it down to maybe your top two so that you can compare and contrast and get that gap report and see how much one of them is within the benchmark profile compared to the other. And uh, you're using data, you're making a fact-based decision rather than an emotional decision. And I did some research this past week around uh, in, from doing some training in emotional intelligence. And the, the research is that 90% of the time people are making emotional decisions. And when you're trying to get that, those, that asset being the right people, in your business, then you really want to do better than that and, and really get data and make your decision based on data. Absolutely. And, and you'll recall on our website under the resource page, diskychicks.com, there is a kind of a blog of one assessment, six ways. And, and this is kind of what we're talking about. But what where this takes us, Martha referred to the gap report. Once you have your top two or three candidates take the talent insights assessment, which is DISC and motivators, um, we compare it to the job report and we end up with a gap report. And this gap report helps us not only with decision making, but onboarding. So Martha, how do you use either the gap report or maybe this job profile when onboarding a candidate? I know how I use it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, typically you've got their uh, report, right? To review with them because they, they knew they took it when they were being considered, but when they were finally hired to be able to show them their report and walk them through the results and, and answer any questions so that they really understand how their behavior profile is. But then you show them the gap report. And I have done that so that they can see where they're really spot on and where they're gonna have to put more effort into other aspects of the job that they weren't quite the best fit for, but out of the candidates, they were the best candidate. So that then they're just keenly aware of when I have all this heavy admin work that I need to do, you know, I am going to have to use my compliant, even though it's not very high. And hopefully then it's not stressful for them that it's happens um, a lot in the job. But anyway, so that that's kind of an enlightening at enlightenment process for them to see where you're going to nail this part of the job, but this part of the job, you're going to have to work harder at it. Yeah. It's such a gift to give a new employee to see what, this is what we were looking for. And you, you fit it. There may be some things that don't match up and there always are. We're not ever going to find the perfect candidate, but I yeah. think it's fair to say you're going to have to do some things that are, that you don't love. We all do. That's why DISC lets you adapt. You've got two scores. You've got your adapted score. And hopefully, whatever you're asking to be adapted to, that's not the number one priority or you probably wouldn't have been chosen for the job. Right. So yeah, I definitely right. use that on onboarding. And the other thing that I use in onboarding is it's so valuable to do a debrief 
of the candidate with with his or her assessment and that candidate's boss and put them in yes. the same room. There's even a separate report that we haven't even mentioned yet called a comparison report that lets you put two people side by side on the same piece of paper and you can go through that with them. So there's a couple of different ways that you can go through this with your new your new boss or your new employee. Yeah. And they know who's going to want things quickly, who's going to need to take some more time and be a little more reflective. And right. it, it takes all that surprise out in the first week of employment, which is wonderful. Absolutely. And um, it's in doing some of those, it's really been kind of fun because they can laugh at their differences, but then you take them through, well, where these differences occur, then there's the likelihood of conflict. So mm -hmm. let's talk through how are we going to resolve differences once we are real time working together day to day. Uh, it has so many, so many benefits to it. Yeah. If you know your new employee is a high S or a high C and is going to need some extra time, they're not going to do well if you run in and demand something right away. That C, that compliance going to want it to be perfect. And right. they're not just going to give you a, um, a half thought through idea. And the right. S doesn't like disruption. They like predictability. So Give them, give them an extra day where you might not need a day, they might. And that's the conflict Martha's talking about that you can avoid a lot of that. It's not fair to rush in and ask for something quickly when you know um, if you don't have to do that, don't do that to them. Right. <laughs> right. But then we take it, kick it up another level where you add this new person to a team report. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in the team report, it has really a profile of everybody on the team and you're integrating a new team member with yet another profile. So you can see where the themes are in terms of similar styles and dissimilar styles and talk through that with the team as a part of their onboarding, literally with the team. So another very, very valuable step in getting this person acclimated and socialized and acculturated to the new <laughs> job. Teams, I don't think always realize um, when there's an intact team, you go through a cycle of forming and storming and norming Norming. and then performing. And anytime you add a new team member in, you have to do it all over again. So just because there's a high functioning team, once you add another person in, it's going to blow all that up. And so that expectation that you're going to start that cycle over again and using a, a team report or using disc and driving forces with the team is a right. great way to start, get that um, storming and, and norming and, moving on to getting to high performing. So yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, this is great. And we're going to have a couple guests coming up in the next couple weeks who also use uh, disc and driving forces, some for job benchmarking and some for just the regular coaching and teaming. So we'll, we're moving back towards our, our regular generalities of disc, but excellent. Very good. That's a wrap for this week and we'll see you next week. Thanks to all of you continuous learners for listening in with Cindy and me today. We are passionate about the power of the DISC behavior assessment, and we love bringing it to you and your clients. We invite you to visit our website at diskychicks.com. 
There you will find a link to all of our podcasts, and you can listen to previous episodes and subscribe. Also on our website, you can try a DISC assessment for yourself. Just click the link, take the short assessment, and we'll quickly send you the results. Also, check us out as well on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week on the Disky Chicks podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.